You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 75 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. Yo. And uh, fresh haircut guy, Rye. What up? Can't be too bombastic on the opening of this show today because uh, we are just about 24 hours removed from the Yankees season ending in bitter disappointment. (sighs) Uh, they lost the American League Division Series three games to one at the hands of the Boston Red Sox. Um, there's no other way to describe it as, but other than a bitter disappointment, I believe that we all had higher hopes for the 2018 New York Yankees than what actually occurred this year. Um, so it's all over. Uh, do you want to? You want to write the eulogy here? Or? <coughs> I'm going to write my own eulogy with this effing cough. I just want to start by saying this. I heard someone, I heard, you know, I was listening to the radio all day. I was listening to WFAN, even though I really didn't want to. And this morning they said, you know, this team got eliminated in the ALDS, so they weren't as good as last year. Uh if you're thinking that way, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong, but they also didn't face a 108-win team in the ALDS last year either. So you got you can't really compare the two seasons. I thought this, this year's team was better than last year. Did you? Yeah, there was more talent. I think there was more talent on this team. I don't think last year's team could have sustained... I mean, not that the Yankees did a great job while they were suffering all those injuries, but last year's team couldn't have sustained. No, no way. What this year's team went through injury-wise, so, they would have never been close to a hundred wins. Uh, I love Stack Guy Rye. He's uh, my co-host brother, but you do have to eat a little crow today. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you, I just want to get it out of the way early. You have to eat the crow today. I was Nathan Evaldi was really good, mm-hmm. man. I was wrong. He was really good. I mean, <coughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, he just threw strikes and got him by everybody. And, and and what I tell you guys last night about Rick Porcello, that the Yankees were going to be in trouble if they didn't get some base hits because the scouting report on Porcello is simple. He throws a lot of strikes. He throws a lot of first pitch strikes. He stays ahead in the count. The Yankees have to be aggressive, and, and the Yankees are a team that when they have to be aggressive, it goes it could go downhill quick. They don't like to be – I mean, you see a lot of guys first pitch swinging, but that doesn't really play to the strength of this team. I think a lot of times guys will go up there looking for a pitch to drive out of the ballpark, be aggressive early, but then they like to settle in and – Work counts, and you can't you can't do that against Rick Porcello. 
No. The funny thing about Nathan Evaldi is that the Houston Astros are going to rock him in the American League Championship Series, and then we're all going to be sitting here wondering how the hell he shut down the Yankees. But that's what he did after he got traded to the Red Sox. He really wasn't great outside of his starts against the Yankees. I don't know what it is. Maybe he feels slighted that the Yankees kind of sent him away after he needed Tommy John surgery. And uh, he wound up in Tampa or whatever it is, and he just pitches like on top of his game. But uh, man, he was he was throwing he was throwing fire on uh, in Game Three, and uh, I don't think anything the Yankees could have done or Aaron Boone could have done would have caused them to win that game the way that Nathan Valdi was pitching. And Boone wasn't good in Game Three, um, but I almost didn't care i almost walked away from game three and i said you know i'm okay to put that behind me they have another game at home to tie this back up i mean what are the chances that this team who's so dominant at home especially in the postseason is going to lose two in a row and i put it behind me and and in my opinion and you don't agree with me i don't know how you don't boone was absolutely absolutely atrocious last night atrocious and i'm not sitting here and and i know what you're gonna say and do and you have no idea what i'm gonna say and i'm gonna do and before we get into that this is a bad job on my part as the guy that opens the show uh joe rivera is gonna join us in a little bit our frequent contributor to the nyy sports talk uh podcast joe was out at yankee stadium last night uh he got a little dirty water on him in the boston clubhouse last night so he uh, was kind enough to join us after cleaning himself off uh we thought it was good to have joe on since he was out there covering the series uh so joe will be joining us in a little bit so now go ahead and make your assumptions i know that the yankees could have still won this game i know that they the players didn't come through when it mattered in that in that ninth inning but to sit here and say that Aaron Boone was good last night or that he didn't cost them that game, I think you're absolutely wrong. Um, you, everyone knows how much we, we all love Aaron Boone. But when you're managing an elimination game, you have to be better. And, okay, I, I mean, look, at, at that point in the third inning, the heart of the order was coming back up. In my opinion, if the Yankees even just had a run, you let CC go back out for the third and you take him batter to batter. He didn't even have anyone warming. He decided to go to CC still in his in his in a nothing nothing game, and then he gets a couple guys on and he still doesn't have anyone warming up. In my opinion, the only way CC should have went through the heart of the order more than once is if the Yankees had a couple runs on the board already. At that point, this is a do-or-die game. You go to your best arm out of the bullpen. You keep it 0-0 until your team scores. And if you're not going to keep it 0-0, you do it with your you you give up runs with your best guys out of the pen. That was a piss poor job. It was piss poor. And he cost them that game last night. You're so off base. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. He didn't no. cost them and, that game. And you know what? I'm a Boone defender just like you. 
But, but to sit I, here and say that he didn't cost him that game. He didn't cost him the game. In my opinion, make sure make sure you defending him less credible. Well, you know what? We can take this outside and throw hands because you're actually aggravating me right now to say that I am less credible for defending him because I don't think he cost him the game last night. I just don't I, see how you could see First of all, way. here's what you're really bothering me right now. You're assuming that I'm not going to lay any of the blame on him because he should have taken Sabathia out of the game earlier. After that first run, yeah, CC needs to come out of the game. He needs to show more urgency in the game in the third inning last night. But to sit there and say that he cost the Yankees the game last night is wrong. It's wrong, Chris, and you know it deep down inside that it's wrong. You just want to irrationally lash out today no, because they lost. I don't want to. I Dude, actually, they were I, shut down all game long. I hate if the that Yankees, I feel this way. If the Yankees offense shows up yesterday, even a little bit, even a little bit, they win this game. It's not on the feet of Aaron Boone. I'm sorry, it's not. He needs to be better. Yes, it was a mistake leaving CC Sabathi in the game as long as he did. Yes, it was. But to, if you're going to make a blanket statement to say that Aaron Boone cost the Yankees the victory last night, it is wrong. This offense cost the Yankees the victory last night. This team who hit the most home runs in the history of any team in the history of Major League Baseball managed four <coughs> measly runs in two games in their home ballpark where they dominated teams in the last two seasons. And to put that at the feet of Aaron Boone is wrong. I'm sorry. And and you're wrong for saying it makes my defense of him less credible all season long. I'm I, sorry. I, because, I, because I feel like... If you're gonna defend don't him, make, uh, don't make personal attacks on me saying I'm not that, personally that it's you. my my credibility is shot because I don't think he caused this team. Because at to... some point, no, at was... some point, it doesn't land on the players anymore. <laughs> yeah, it does, Chris. Because if he pulls out, if he pulls CC Sabathia after the first run last night, did the Yankees score again? How many runs did the Yankees score? Three. Yeah, against Craig Kimbrell in yeah. the ninth inning. Again, and now we're going to play the game of is Kimbrel still? Ha- but how many runs did the bullpen give up last night? They, One. Yeah, they gave up a run. Yeah. And now you're going to bring Zach. You're going to bring in David Robertson into that situation, and you know for a fact that David Robertson's not going to give up those other two runs. I wouldn't have let CC even come back out to be honest with you. And the reasoning behind it all was because Jackie Bradley Jr. was coming up. I don't understand that. Well, that to and I'm telling that makes a little bit of sense to me. But that should have been the last batter. That thir- wasn't he. What was he hitting that inning? Second, third. He didn't lead off the inning. All right. So after Bradley Jr., CC's got to be out of the game. Correct. I I personally don't think he should have ever come back out for the third. Yeah. And if you're gonna put him back out there, fine. But someone needs to be up in the bullpen. He was not. Aaron Boone did not manage a good game last night, but I'm not going to sit here and put it on his on his plate that this team lost last night. This team needs to be able to score runs. I'm sorry. I agree with you 100% on that. But my point is that at some point, the manager needs to take this game into his own hands. And last night, Aaron Boone was once again sitting back in the dugout and not taking action. CC Sabathia was incapable of getting through that inning without giving up a run. And you have to know that. You have to know that. 
Because I knew it. I knew it right away. When he came back up for the third, I was like, this is the biggest mistake ever. And you said it too, actually. I'm not yeah, absolving him for putting Sabathia out there I on the mound, but that. I'm also not going to make a statement that say he that move cost this team the game last night. This offense sleeping for the past two games is what cost this team their season. Not Aaron Boone. As bad as he might have been in, those, in these two games at home, he's not the reason this team went home. This team could not friggin' score runs. This most the most prolific home run hitting team in the history of Major League Baseball could not score runs. And and that's not Aaron Boone's fault. I'm sorry, it's not. And I'm not absolving him. I'm not sitting here painting roses a rosy picture saying he managed two good games. He didn't. He didn't. I'm sorry. And the frustrating part was he was really good the yeah. other games. Especially the wild card game. Yeah. That's why I was so shocked last night. The Yankees are the Yankees home right now. Are the Yan- is Brett Gardner driving back down to Holly Hill right now? Yeah. Is Aaron Judge going to wherever the hell he goes in in November in October after the season's over because of Aaron Boone's managing? In my opinion, last night, yes. That's yeah, no. And I'm and sorry, you know we're going to disagree on that. And let me and and I apologize. I didn't mean it that you were technically discrediting yourself i meant it in a general sense of our listeners who have heard us defend him you know countless amount of times that they need to hear us rip on him too and did i not just rip him and say that he managed two poor games but I'm on, but you want to put last night in saying that the sole yes. reason they lost is on him. I'm telling you, I'm not ready to do that. I'm not going to do that. He deserves some of the blame for putting Sabathi in there, la- for leaving Sabathi in there too long. But he, but to say the Yankees lost because of Aaron Boone is not true. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. This team needs to go out there and score runs. They should be able to overcome a three-run deficit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They should be able to do that. This lays more to me. And I don't, and you know we defended John Carl Stan on this show yeah, a while. No, too. I agree. This is more on his shoulders than Aaron Boone's shoulders because if this guy could even put the ball in play in this series, we're not even talking about who Aaron Boone is leaving in too long. Are we not? Are we not? Yes. Okay. But I just want to say two last quick things. I noticed last night. I hate. He, I hate being angry at Aaron Boone because I actually like him. I didn't like Joe Girardi as a person. No, we know that. We, so we we so fans when, don't really know this because we started NYY Sports Talk late in the season last year. And I was actually on board with Joe by the time. But we, me and you would get into the hugest. You well, and you didn't I, really like him that much either. Uh, but I supported him, and I was able yes. to see past my kind of dislike for him. Any rationality like, I have is due to you rationalizing you were, you were just straight up like, F Joe, I hate him, I hope he gets hit by a bus. Yeah, I did say that a few times. But I genuinely, I like Aaron Boone, and I and I hate that I'm angry, but in my opinion, in an, especially in an elimination game, it is the manager's job to keep the score at 0-0, zero, zero, and do everything you can to the best of your ability to keep it at that until your team takes a lead. I agree. He was not good last night. He needs to be better going forward. 2019. I've said I said this a couple of times last night on Twitter, and I, you know, and anybody that saw my post game video, 
I said it. But this is what this is what people don't seem to understand, and it frustrates me more than anything. And and I don't want to always be the the podcast that rips the fans, but I I gotta say this. They, if you don't think that Brian Cashman expected growing pains out of Aaron Boone, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. You're just not paying attention because Aaron Brian Cashman knows this is what they signed up for. He knew what he was signing up for. He did. He really think that he was going to insert a guy straight out of the announcers booth and expect him to be Casey Stengel. No, absolutely He knew not. there was going to be growing pains. And part of it was because in his mind, in Brian Cashman's mind, and this is not to say that the Yankees didn't care to win the World Series this year because they obviously wanted to or they wouldn't have made in-season improvements to this team. But it all goes back to what we've been saying, that we were always told 2019 was the year. He wanted Aaron Boone to learn on the job in 2018. This way, this shit does not happen again in 2019. Someone posted on Facebook, uh, tweeted it, I forget. But they said, well, never thought I'd say this, but Joe Girardi is officially a better manager. And I responded, I said, no, he's a more experienced manager. This, it look... If you want Aaron Boone fired, I say this genuinely and not to be a prick or anything, I suggest you look for a different team to root for. Not because you're wrong for feeling that way, but because... No, you are wrong for feeling that way. I'm just going to come out and say it. If you want the manager of a 100-win team fired after one season because you cannot comprehend the fact that this was supposed to be a learning year for him uh yeah i had people telling me well this is the yankees and they this is not a job that you take to get learning experience well guess what brian cashman's running the yankees now and this is what he (coughs) wanted so you have to be on board with that or root or go ahead root for another team you have to be on board with the way this team is run now george steinbrenner again i I can't believe i keep having to say this George Steinbrenner is dead. He's not running the Yankees anymore. Brian Cashman is. So either you get on board with the way Brian Cashman wants to run the New York Yankees or you find another team to root for. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. There was going to be growing pains in 2018. And I said it last night. As much as I've defended Aaron Boone on this show and on Twitter, he has no excuses for being for anything next year. He needs to show me. He needs to show Chris. He needs to show Ryan. He needs to show Brian Cashman. He needs to show this fan base that he learned from his mistakes in 2018. No more excuses next year. I'm sorry. My point in saying that uh, to go root for another team, not because you're wrong. No, I do agree. You're wrong for feeling that way. I'm saying don't go root for another team just because you're wrong. It's because... This is what the organization that you root for, that you love, signed up for. They hired him knowing that this could very well happen. And if this is the team that you love, the organization that you love, then you either get on board with it, you chalk this up to a guy learning on the job and a guy that's getting a feel for you know, the pulse of the game as, as a manager... Or move on. He's not going anywhere. He's not. If this happens again next year, then maybe we could have a a discussion about it. But 
What do you want them to do? You want them to fire him and just bring keep bringing new guys in? This is what a lot of people don't understand. What are the Yank- if, let's say Brian Cashman is on Twitter. He's got a burner account out there and because he doesn't want anybody to know he's actually out there. And he reads all these tweets and he's like, uh, well, uh, I got to get rid of Bra- uh, Boone because uh, all these Twitter people are angry. And uh, <laughs> and he fires him. Who, who's, who's the next manager in the right. Yankees? You think, you think they're gonna start fresh? They're gonna they're gonna get to know a new guy now. You, you think, think that's good? You think they're gonna bring in Buck Showalter? Part of the reason they're just gonna bring in another guy like Aaron Boone. That's what they're gonna the, do. Part of the reason that they brought him in was because they know that this is just the beginning, and they wanted a guy here fresh to gel with this team, to learn with this team. Because guess what, folks? Someone texted me today. This was a championship caliber team that, no, they weren't. They clearly weren't, and they weren't last year. You want to know why? Because game seven of an ALCS means absolutely nothing. They didn't win a pennant. They didn't win a championship last year. As far as I'm concerned, losing in the ALDS to a 108-win team and losing in game seven to, to the Houston Astros is the same exact thing. This is not a championship caliber team yet. Are they going to be? You better, you better fucking believe it. But they're not right now, and they want a guy here fresh for the whole for the whole time through. And we've said this. My only gripe really is that if Joe Girardi was not the guy to lead this new group of Yankees, they should have let him go after 2016 and let whoever it, whoever it was, if it was Boone in 2017, let him come in fresh with this whole group. Let him get Judge in his first year. Let him get Sanchez in his first full year. Let him yeah. just go straight through this. I agree. It seemed kind of weird that Joe was just kind of let go at that point when they already had seemed to turn the corner a little bit to bring to then bring in a new manager. Right, you've been quiet. You want to throw in? Well, some... it's hard. It's really hard for him to speak with all that crow he had to eat. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. I mean, we all did. No, you two did. No, you said it too. You said they were going to win. I never. Yeah, but remember, you were the one, and I'm uh, not. No, I definitely yeah. am the one. That <laughs> and has you to eat and the you actually crow. said, if I'm wrong, I will admit yeah. it. And <laughs> I did admit it. Like, and, and you two idiots over here. Ago. I love you both very much. You're like brothers to me. But you two idiots over here wasted a whole Sunday afternoon of my time telling me that you guys were not afraid of the Boston Red Sox. Nope. You basic no, you didn't. This past Sunday, no, that episode that we had that you love to refer to so much. That still was not. A- you're gonna you're gonna watch the Houston Astros really the, who, expose them. Oh, that's great. But who, who did the Boston Red Sox just beat yesterday? Yeah, I mean, so they, how so really you you really didn't show them the proper respect while I was saying, hey guys, you know what? I'm. I wish that you guys were right and I was wrong, but you know, it is what it is at this point. You should have showed a team that won 108 games a little bit more respect that they were at least better than the Yankees. Now, Houston, that's a different story. This is the defending World Series champions, and we know David Price is still. He's a waste of time and money. He is. Houston's going to show you what. And Nathan Avold, he's just he's just not going to be as good against the Astros. We all know it. We already all know that. Houston's going to show you what a good team does to a team like the Boston Red Sox. And again, I, I, I might be wrong, but the Red Sox are not built for the postseason. I don't care how bad they beat the Yankees. They are not. 
the Yankees are actually more, they're better equipped to to win in the postseason, believe it or not. That's great, but they didn't. And I'm, yeah, I heard several you know people what? say that today. Guys, this is not guys just don't on, show up. This is just not on you. This is... A, I had to. I didn't want to listen to any sports talk radio today because I I knew what it was going to be about. It was either going to be like oh, crying on the radio <laughs> or the maniacs out there fire Boone, kill Stanton, uh, murder Brian Cashman. I just didn't want to listen to it today. I had to turn when when Mike. You'd and, actually be pleasantly surprised today. It wasn't as bad as I thought. When Kay and and Francesca came on, I wanted to hear both their opens. I gave them a little bit of time each and. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know what to say. They, they blew it. Right, I'll tell you this because I told it to Christian when I came in. I was listening to the fan on, on my drive here, and some guy actually called in, and the call started really well. He was like, you know what? I think Aaron Boone did a great job with this team. They won 100 games. He's learning on the job. Yeah, did he make some mistakes? Of course, and they need to get better, but he can learn. And I was like, this guy's great. And he goes, but there's just one gripe I have, like the biggest one out of all. I just don't understand why Gary Sanchez was batting last night with the bases loaded in the ninth inning. And I honestly, I punched my radio. Oh, my God. The guy came two feet away from hitting one of the biggest home runs that we've ever seen. It would have. It honestly would have been. I don't even think Purcello was even that great last night. I just, they were just missing everything. He had. Look, dude, there were so many pitches in that game last night that they should have totally. There's uh, a simple formula hit. in dominating the Yankees. Throw and Porcello And Porcello, yeah, he's and Porcello did it. Stay ahead in the count and and own the count. Be be in complete control. Of the at bat, and if you can do that against the New York Yankees, a home run or nothing team, you're gonna win. And this is just to finish my thought earlier, because I kind of got sidetracked here. I heard it from several people today when I did have on the radio for that little bit. Is that people were like, well, the Yankees are better post built for the postseason? That what does that mean to me? They just lost in the in the DS to the Red Sox. What are they right, better it built for? It doesn't mean anything. I'm just telling you. I, I mean, the Red Sox just they, the Red Sox got two starts from guys that you you weren't really expecting to <laughs> show up at that level. At least that, Look, in my opinion. I didn't think Avaldi yeah, would right. do that. I don't think Priscilla would have done that. Uh, look, what it all comes down to: why the Yankees uh, didn't didn't have a chance at the end of the day was because they needed at least one good start. Out of either J. Happ or Luis Severino. How about one clutch hit from John Carlos Stanton in Game One or in yeah, Game but, Four? Yeah, but you know what? And I agree that the the offense needs to be better and come through. But at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer in pitching wins everything. And in the postseason, it does. But one clutch hit, and we're talking about right, we're but talking you know about what? Game if Five. If you get a clutch night. pitching performance, or you have a manager that knows when to go to the bullpen and keep the game yeah. where it needs to be, they win that game. I mean, come on. That was that was like a little league manager how he managed uh with I that agree. Bullpen. It, it I mean, was just really bad. I just I don't I don't get I don't, I don't get, get like Britain concepts 
Like why? What? What is his logic with going with a long relief? Do you want to know what it is? Why does he go to a long relief guy first? Do you want to know what it is? You don't go to a long relief guy first. And no, Joe, I agree. that was that. That he, was but, really bad. But on. this is something we've talked about during the regular season. He he did this constantly. Don't let your long <coughs> relief guy be the one that blows the game, because then you're yeah. gonna have to go to those middle relief guys that you're trying to avoid going to. Anyway, he had to pitch Chad Green after that. Why not go Chad Green right in that hot spot? Yeah, and if he gives up the runs, exactly. if it's seven nothing, then you go Lance Lynn and you can pitch Lynn the whole rest of the game. He said numbers. Why don't you do that? Num- I don't understand because the numbers, analytics. You Give a fuck analytics, man. Okay, that's I understand that. I say it too. Well, but- analytics. All right, my analytics. Lance Lynn, he's gonna throw you a fastball every single pitch. It, it, analytic. Listen, I, I agree with you. I'm not. I know. If you it listen, pisses me off. <coughs> Excuse me. If you listen to the interview with Joe. He says we don't we don't realize like in our heads we think that it's bad analytically, but it's so beyond like what I got from Joe was it's so beyond what we even think. Like the fact that CC was at back out there was because they had some type of analytics that when with that part of the lineup with Jackie Bradley Jr., he was more likely to get in at blah blah blah. I I, I tweeted mean, this at, before the game. Stats and analytics. They don't mean shit. They didn't the mean shit last night. They don't mean shit in the postseason. Look at look at you could if you picture all these big moments in postseason history over the last decade, who are the guys you're hearing? Look at this year. Arcia on the Brewers. The guy didn't have one homer all year. He's got like three in the first did, round. Did analytics tell Joe Torre that Aaron Boone was gonna hit yeah. that walk off home run? The guy run sucked the whole series. I don't think he had to hit the whole series. No, up he to was that bad. Yeah, Aaron Boone was benched. What about David Fries? What did analytics say about David Fries winning the World Series MVP for the Cardinals? There's only one uh, stat, come on, man. There's only what one. about analytics with Alex Rodriguez? He should be the greatest postseason player of all time. He was a bum in the postseason, except for one season. <coughs> there's only analytics one. suck in the postseason. They there's could get you through the regular season, but they're not going to win you shit in the postseason. There's only one analytic or stat I, I that, agree. that holds I, true in the postseason. David Price still sucks. Yeah, against the New York it. Yankees. Yeah, and then the Yankees would have been and, swept. And David if he Price wasn't. is still p- playing baseball. Yep. David and the people that root for David Price's team got to still watch their team. Yep. Uh, let's go. This is a good time for everybody to just take a breather here and uh, calm down before we kill each other. I'll do that. Let's go to our interview. This is with... the therapeutic episode. By <sighs> I, I know, but I think it's a no. It's, it's a... good to fight and to get it out and to. To feel good after. I know that, and I'm going to get angry again because you're not letting me go to the interview. <laughs> this is a good time to just take a breath and for the three of us to uh, decompress here for a second and go to our interview with Joe Rivera. Uh, Joe was, as I said earlier, Joe was out at the stadium last night in the Boston Red Sox clubhouse as they were spraying champagne in this for the second time in 2018 at Yankee Stadium. So uh, let that stick in your yeah, uh, stick in your stomach. Blasting New York, New York, by the way. Hey, you know were what? they? Yeah, yeah. We'll Good get into that. that in a I agree. I agree. We'll get into that when we come back. So here's our interview with Joe Vera of the Sporting News. All right, Chris and Christian here of NYY Sports Talk. We'd like to welcome back our good buddy Joe Rivera of the Sporting News. Uh, follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Joe was out at Yankee Stadium covering the uh, American League Division Series. Joe's actually just uh, finished cleaning off the uh, Red Sox champagne celebration from last <laughs> night. Um, Joe, how you doing today, pal? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I'd ask how you guys are doing, but I, I, I think I have a pulse on you. Joe, are you a, one at least? Are, would you say you're a fan of any team, or are you just kind of, you just kind of all over the place covering all of baseball? Um, I'm a fan of the Red Sox. I'm a fan of the Red Sox. Uh, I'm a fan of the Red Sox. Uh, 
I I am like the uh, I'm like the Joker of Major League Baseball. I'm in it for chaos. <laughs> I kind of uh, like that's that. Really, that's that's what I want to see. It's I want to see chaos. I want to see it all burn down. It but, sounds uh, it sounds a lot less stressful. <laughs> it really is. When you detach yourself from it, it's, uh, <clears throat> it makes everything easier. It makes people easier to troll <laughs> too. So. Uh, well, Joe, unfortunately for uh, our fan base and our listening audience, uh, things did not go as planned for the New York Yankees in 2018. Uh, the 108-win uh, Boston Red Sox took care of the Yankees three games to one in the American League Division Series. Uh, you were out there covering it. In your, in your opinion, what was the biggest, if you could name one reason, what was the biggest reason why the Red Sox won this series? You know, I think it's the same thing as what we've seen from the Yankees all season this season. Um, it's the inconsistency in the offense. They were, when you rely on home runs so heavily as the Yankees did, and 50% of their runs this year came via the home run, and that's a massive number. Uh, the next best team were the, were the Blue Jays, actually, and they finished with uh, 46%. So the Yankees had a pretty big lead there. Um, when you get to October and you start facing some of the best of the best, you can't really expect or rely on pitchers to make mistakes. And when they do make mistakes, you have to make sure you punish them. And I think the Yankees relied so heavily on the home run this year that when it came time to maybe play with a small ball, play, uh, hit the contact, you know, that really wasn't happening for them. So I, I really have to put it on the offense. I don't, you know, when, when your bullpen comes in yesterday and, yeah, and they throw, um, six innings of, of one run ball, and you can't scratch any runs across. Uh, you know that's until the uh, until pretty much the, the last inning. You know that's that's bad. That's bad. So uh, I would have to really put it on the offense. It's it's but it's the same issue as we've seen all season this year. Joe, I've I've been a pitcher my my entire life. Growing up through college, never came anywhere close to major major league baseball. Obviously, um, and even at that. It would take me maybe 25, 30 minutes to make sure I was warmed up. What the hell happened with Severino in, in Game 3? Miscommunication. You know, it's it's so weird because uh, I, I guess, you know, from everything that we've seen from sitting in Glenn's press conference, somebody screwed something up. I don't know who did what, you know. Um, it's, it's a lot like, uh, you know, I'm going to go cross sports here, but it's a lot like Geno Smith a few years ago for the Jets, uh, not knowing the time difference uh, when they were playing on the West Coast. That, that kind of stuff can't happen. Um, you know, you can, point to, you can point to Boone, you can point to Larry Rothschild. That communication process completely broke down. Uh, at the end of the day, I think that falls on Severino. You have to know when the game starts. Uh, you have to know uh, when you have to go out for your warm-up. Uh, and, and Boone was very, very, I don't want to say open, but he was straightforward. He said, you know, Severino got out there, he, he had an eight-minute warm-up, he worked through it, so you'd assume that he rushed through his warm-up, and that kind of stuff just cannot happen in Major League Baseball. That's, you know, you don't want to say it's as bad as batting out of order like the, uh, like the Mets did, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an embarrassment on a different level, to be honest, because you can't be, uh, the top of the rotation guy and not know when a game starts. And, you know, according to some reports, it sounds like uh, Severino wasn't the only guy. There were other players in the clubhouse, uh, in the dugout, who didn't have game cleats on uh, until maybe five or ten minutes before the game. So that's unusual, too. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where the communication broke, uh, broke down there, but it seems like it was a big issue. And that's that's kind of something that's been happening this year, too, um, whether or not 
Boone's really getting that kind of level of communication from his guys uh, on his staff. But if I had to guess, I'd say that falls on Severino, though. You know, you said being top of the staff kind of guy that can't that kind of stuff can't happen to. I'd say. I don't care where you are in the rotation, where you are out of the bullpen, what kind of a player you are. That just can't happen in general. Do you think the Yankees can still rely on Severino to be the ace of this staff moving forward? You know, I think uh, I think you can. Um, you know, accidents happen, mistakes happen, everybody's human. Obviously, this is inexcusable. You don't want to make you really don't want to make excuses for a guy, especially when it comes to something like knowing. Uh, when the game starts, so I think you can still rely on him, sure. I mean, he showed you in the first half of the season that he can be that top-of-the-rotation guy, he can be that ace. Um, those kind of arms are just hard to come by in Major League Baseball. Those those kind of arms don't grow on trees, really. So, I, you know, oftentimes in sports fans and analysts tend to make uh, excuses for talent. Um, we see it all the time in the New York area. So I, I think you can still rely on Severino. But yeah, it's a it's a bad look, and it's one I'm sure he's going to go into this offseason just thinking, you know, what the hell happened, what 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 went wrong, uh, and I'm sure some of the Yankees brass are thinking that too. But I think they can still count on him, uh, given the way that he took the ball, even when he was bad this year, he took the ball every fifth day, and and he competed even when he was terrible. And he's a guy, Severino's a guy that's never going to make an excuse for himself. He's just not going to do that. So um, I think they can count on him. I don't. You kind of have to. Just put it in the rearview mirror heading into the offseason now, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a black guy. It's going to be something to think about. Uh, last night's starter, CC Sabathia, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying that was probably the last time we'll ever see him in pinstripes given his age and the fact that he's just not getting deep in the ball games anymore. He only gave the Yankees three innings last night, but should it have been even less than that? Did Aaron Boone, in your opinion, leave CC Sabathia in that game too long last night? You know, it was apparent uh, after the two quick outs, it was apparent that CC just didn't have it. Um, you know, I don't know if the, if the, there was some, seeing the way he was kind of uh, waddling around the mound, maybe his knee was acting up, uh, you know. So, um, yeah, I think he left him in there a little too long. Uh, but then you also look at what happened in that third inning, and he was kind of battling through, he was kind of getting, getting through it. But uh, it's been a question with, with Yankee starters all season. It's been a question with Boone really all season if he, how deep into the analytics he is. And I was at his introductory press conference and he said, he was a very firm believer in, in making sure there's a balance, making sure that you don't lean one way or the other when it comes to analytics. And it really seems that the analytics have, have taken on a life of its own with the Yankees where um, they've kind of gone to the point where it's all numbers and no feel. And you wonder if you wonder if, if they're in that moment which way it kind of leans, right? Because if you're if you're Boone and you let CC go out there for another inning, seeing what you saw through the first two innings, is that really analytics or is that feel? Is that Boone really trusting his guy to maybe go out there and get some more out? So it uh, depends which way you want to look at it. It depends the explanation that they try to spin you. I think that he left them out there maybe too long. Maybe there really wasn't that sense of urgency on his part. But um, at the same time, the Yankees have to hit for him. Uh, you know, and the Yankees got to put up runs and they got to come back, and that just didn't happen either. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe you can probably point to it and say he left them in there too long, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. 
Joe, you look on the surface of both of these teams and, you know, at a quick glance, it looks like there's this huge gap between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Red Sox, you know, won the division by eight games. Uh, they win the ALDS three to one and, and take two in New York. But when you dive a little closer, when you really pay attention to both of these teams, at least for me, it doesn't feel as if there's that much of a gap where this should have been so lopsided all season. Is there that big of a gap between the two teams? And if so, how do the Yankees kind of bridge it? You know, I actually wrote about that today. And, um, you know, Yankee fans aren't going to want to hear it. But the truth is that the Red Sox are in control of the narrative between the rival and the rivalry right now. Uh, that's just the way it is. They, they were a better team this year, at least record-wise. Um, I understand that when you look, like you said, when you take a deep, deep look into things, it's it's really not as big of a gap. But the Yankees really have to jump forward this offseason. They have to try and get uh, guys to, to shore up that rotation. They really have to figure out the offense and their philosophy offensively. I don't think the Red Sox are that much better than the Yankees. When you look at who they beat this year, They again, they really beat up on the bad teams a lot. Uh, when you look at their record versus, you know, the Miamis of the world, when they played Miami, I would say they were 4-0 or 5-0 against Miami this year. Um, you know, those those are things that they really pad your record. Uh, 108 wins, listen, it's nothing to thumb to nose at. Um, I don't think the, the gap is that wide, but the Yankees certainly have some work to do. And also got to keep in mind, uh, even if the Yankees do improve, that doesn't mean the Boston's going to, going to sit on their hands uh, this winter and not try and, try and improve their club too. So if the Yankees really want to catch up to Boston, uh, I think that they have a lot of work to do. Um, really in the rotation, pitching is number one. Uh, you know, they have the edge in bullpen, they have the edge in, in maybe farm system depth, but when you look at these teams right now, I mean, there's a reason that Boston advanced and there's a reason that the Yankees are, are going home right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't think the gap is that big, but it's certainly noticeable and we saw it with their play. Uh, Chris and Christian here at NYY Sports Talk. We're talking to our good pal Joe Rivera of the Sporting News, just kind of working through uh, the ALDS. The Yankees lost three games to one to the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Joe, Aaron Boone skippered a 100-win team in his first year as a manager. I don't even know if Aaron Boone has managed a Little League team in his career, but he certainly has never even had a major league coaching job. So a 100-win season on the surface looks really good. Uh, to me, it just feels like a lot of this fan base has just never given Aaron Boone the credit he deserved. Uh, we were fielding fire Boone tweets, um, from the time the team was nine and nine. And you know, Twitter kind of lost their mind last night, uh, with the loss. In your opinion, if you were Brian Cashman and you can make the ultimate call on Aaron Boone being your manager for the, in 2019, would you bring back Aaron Boone to be the manager of the Yankees next season? Yeah, I absolutely would. And if there's anybody out there listening to this podcast right now and you're on the fire boom bandwagon and you follow me on Twitter, I humbly re- uh, request for you to unfollow me. You know, I, I, I really don't see it. And here's why. Um, Boone, number one, is an excellent communicator. And in New York, the less fires that you have to put out, the better. Um, when you have a better relationship with the media, maybe this is selfish, but when you have a better relationship with the media, uh, when you can communicate clearly with the media, um, you're just going to have less of a target on your back, and that's facts. Uh, you see the newspaper headlines and on Twitter, you know, they are out there. They pay attention. So when you have a, a manager that can deflect blame and can speak with the media, that's, that's key in this city. Uh, number one, 
number two, you have to look at, you know, beyond the record, which, you know, 100 wins for a rookie manager who's never coached or managed in his life. Um, 100 wins is a big number. And then you have to consider Aaron Judge was out for two months. Gary Sanchez was out with injuries for a while. Um, and not only when he was pretty bad all year. And you had some bullpen inefficiencies um, at times throughout the season. And, and Chapman goes out with an injury. So you put all that together in a division where the Tampa Bay Rays showed up out of nowhere and started playing spoiler, where the Red Sox never lose. Um, you know, that that's big. That's big time. I really think that's a good job for the manager. Uh, obviously, he's not without his flaws. As I mentioned, you know, there were things at times throughout the season where he could have gotten guys up earlier or, you know, maybe he needs to have a better finger on the pulse uh, during the game. You know, at times it just looked like the ALDS, it looked like postseason baseball was moving a little too fast for him. Um, but that's something that you learn. That's something that you can learn. So I really don't see where the fire boon tweets are coming from. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that Boston had a historic season and Yankee fans are antsy, but uh, I think Boone did a hell of a job in his first year. Uh, when you look at everything that went into it and, and not just and not just the record. Uh, that's impressive stuff for a guy that's never been, that's never managed in a in a major league dugout. Joe, a lot of lot of talk, uh, a lot of disappointment with Giancarlo Stanton. We're talking about a guy who really carried this offense when they needed him most throughout the you know throughout the summer with the injuries. Um, kind of just, I mean, he wasn't terrible in a sense of, you know, he had a few hits, he had a home run. Um, he wasn't terrible so much in that sense, but when the Yankees needed Giancarlo Stanton to come through in this postseason and he came up in some really big spots, uh, he just, not only did he not come through, he just looked awful attempting it. Um, there's no out there shopping this guy at this point. No one's going to pick up on that contract, right? I mean, are the Yankees even thinking about moving him for any type of, of other player at this point? I don't see it, um, if only on the contract. You know, I mean, if you figure if the Dodgers are really in the market to get a bat, an outfield bat, I mean, that would make sense uh, if they don't want to bring Machado back or and if they miss out on Harper. Uh, I mean, maybe they start open, maybe they open up communications with the Yankees, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't see John Carlo going anywhere, if, if only for the money that he's making right now. And, and I understand you didn't really get him for much to begin with because it was, you know, Miami side, it's essentially a salary dump. Um, but this is a guy that he's never played in meaningful October games in his, in his career. Uh, and that counts for something. You know, you don't, you go from playing in Miami where there's, you know, 10 reporters in the clubhouse after a game and no one's really questioning you. You come to New York where there's, uh, 35 to 40 reporters and camera and camera crews in the clubhouse after a game. That's a big difference. And, um, I, I don't see them trading him. I mean, he had a good first season for them. Uh, you know, he, he'll always run hot streaks and cold streaks. It's just the player that he's always been. It's just a little more apparent when a guy like Aaron Judge isn't hitting or, or hurt or, uh, Gary Sanchez isn't hitting. So. Uh, I think it's unfair to pin a lot of that, those things on Stan. Stan's a hell of a ball player. These guys, uh, 45 home run power, it doesn't come, that, that doesn't come easy for anybody. So, he did look lost at the plate. I'll admit his swing looked terrible. Um, he didn't come through in big spots in the strike down the night last night. So, uh, it was, it's a bad look for him, but again, you have to give him time. You gotta let him acclimate. Uh, 
I understand his salary dictates maybe he's not worth that patience, but at the same time, uh, you have to look at him as a human, as a ball player, uh, and you got to give him time. I, I think that's that's most fair uh, for Yankee fans, and I think they got to put the the, uh, the pitchforks and the torches away. It's just the way that they've come after him is, is just it's not right. It's it's just unfair to him. Uh, Joe, we were as Yankee fans, we were kind of sold this uh, line here that 2019 was the year that this quote rebuilding process was going to be done. Uh, the luxury taxes reset. You got this whole big free agent class coming out there. Uh, you know that the Yankees will be able to spend some money on. If you could pick one guy out of this upcoming free agent class to put him on the Yankees that you think would make the most difference for them in 2019, who would it be? You know, I've always felt it was going to be Machado. Um, I just think he makes so much sense for the Yankees uh, in, in so many ways. Because not only do you get, if, if you can stick him at third base, and he's, I know he's flip-flopped on the shortstop third base stuff this year. He said originally he really wanted to play shortstop, but uh, wherever he goes, he's open to playing third base. And I just think that makes so much sense for him here. If you can sign Machado and put him at third base, he's an elite defender at third base. Um, he's another big-time bat in your lineup. And then you look at a guy like Miguel Andujar, who is a horrific defender, and he's probably, under at least he's going to get some votes for Rookie of the Year. I don't know if he's going he's gonna to break away with it, but uh, he obviously had a hell of a rookie season. But, um, you know, if you're telling me right now, if I could have 10 years of Manny Machado at third base or 10 years of, of Miguel Andujar, I'm taking, I'm taking Machado every day of the week. Uh, and you can probably put Panduhar for a starter. I don't know who's out there. We'll see as, as winter progresses. But it just gives the Yankees extra versatility. It gives them another trade chip. So, yeah, I think of, of anybody, um, it's probably Machado. I don't really see between Machado and Harper. I think Harper's going to end up with the Cubs. I think that makes a lot of sense there. But, yeah, if it's, if it's anybody, I think it's Machado. It just makes a, it makes a whole lot of sense for, uh, for both sides. Joe, last question, and it's a question that I can promise you I'm going to absolutely hate your answer, whichever whichever answer you give. Uh, who wins this ALCS, and and in how many games? You know, I like the Astros. I they're they're just such a deep team, top to bottom. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to win it in six games, maybe less. Uh, I just, I, I don't see Boston really competing with them. I just don't. I don't see anybody really competing with them, to be honest. They, they got hot at the right time. Um, their lineup is deep. They got healthy at the right time, which helps. I know Carlos Correa is still a little out of it, but. They have Alex um, Bregman. Yeah, they have Alex Bregman, who's a star. Um, he's a very, very underrated player. This is a team that's just, they're loaded for bearing. Then you look at their rotation and you look at their bullpen. They're just so good. They're just so good. Um, if you could build a baseball team that you'd want for, you know, for a for the ten year window, it would be those guys. So, yeah, I like Houston. I like Houston in six. I don't really see Boston competing. Listen, Boston can beat you in a whole lot of different ways. That offense is very versatile. Um, they don't rely on the home run, which is a good thing this time of year. Um, but you know, their their rotation is not good. Their bullpen is even worse, and uh, I just think that Houston is they have the attitude that's needed to repeat. So, I like Houston in six. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it went shorter. I don't see a sweep, but six, uh, I think that's a safe bet. All right, Joe, we want to thank you for coming on with us again. Uh, we were planning on uh, having you on, but unfortunately uh, it, it was not as happy as we had hoped it would be. We, we were hoping to uh, talk 
several times throughout the course of October, but, you know, Boston came out, took care of business, and the Yankees went home earlier than I think a lot of us expected them to. Uh, Joe, we just want to thank you for uh, coming on with us and uh, being a part of the show throughout the course of the 2018 season, and we'll talk in the off season. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, remember, this uh, This team, is uh, there's bright days ahead, so um, don't get too down. Try <laughs> to avoid the Ben and Jerry's. Don't, uh, don't fall into a couple gallons of Ben and Jerry's and uh, eat yourself into a coma there. They'll be, they'll be okay. The window's just opening, Joe. I'm still excited. Right. We appreciate it, Joe. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, welcome back to episode 75 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. That was our interview with Joe Rivera of the Sporting News uh, I don't know why I keep having to tell you people this, but follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. A um, couple things in that interview that I want to bring up with you guys. Um, we are going to take not a long break, but just a little bit of a break here um, on the NYY Sports Talk podcast. Uh, we're going to take the weekend off because obviously, I mean, what are we going to come back and talk about on Sunday? How depressed we still are? Plus, I'm going to be in a city that I don't like very much right now. And I'm going to rock my Yankee gear in Boston. You're probably going to get hit with somebody's car. I deserve to be hit. Yeah, I'd laugh at you. I deserve to be hit. Uh, You might get a beer can (laughs) thrown at you. I'm there for a wedding, so I'm not really going to be wearing any Yankee Yankee gear. Maybe some clam chowder. Chowder heads. What are you fucking kidding me? Hey, are you a fucking cop? Why did we have to lose to them? Hey, you know what? Me and Christian were saying it to Joe. It sucks, but I just don't hate the Red Sox. No, I... I hate Alex Cora's guts. I hate his guts. Players, I hate though. Brazier. I hate fucking... Uh, Sale. I really I hate dislike, Chris Sale. I really dislike Sale. Ben Attendee's starting I'm starting Craig to hate Ben Attendee, and I always liked him. I hate, I hate him less now that he's got a haircut, though. When he was like a um, dirty Boston player, like then I hated him. Nah, but now, I mean, but now but he's you know like, what? just like you give him credit, just like the Yankees. You know, everyone could say they hate the Yankees, but really, they're you know they're a tough team to hate. They're a little bit yeah, easier no, to likable. hate with with a guy like Stanton now. But you know, the the Red Sox yeah, are, are good. Martinez, they're so. just a good team. No, I mean yeah, they're they're you only hate them because they're good and because they beat you. They had guys step up that you just weren't expecting. At least I wasn't. I wasn't expecting a volume. Like, remember when they had, like... And look, you got to give a lot of credit to Eduardo Nunez. Offensively, he he was a big factor in that. That's a great call by you, Offensively. He had a huge... He had the biggest hit of the game. Well, okay, his offense is one thing, but he... The series was saved by his defense, really. Dude, and let me tell you something. That last play of the game, and and I know it hurts to even bring it up, but when that ball was hit... In my head, because we all know who Eduardo Nunez is. We all know that his arm is a liability. When he was coming in on that ball, in my head, I go, oh, my God, he's going to beat it out. He's not even going to throw it. And then it was like slow motion. I see Nunez get the ball cleanly and wind up to throw. And in my head, I'm going, oh, my God, he's about to throw it away. They're going to win. And then Steve Pierce, let me tell you something. You're going to think I'm crazy. Given the circumstance, that was the greatest play I've ever seen in my life. Watch it. Watch it. It was a very nice play. It, it was wasn't a, the greatest I've ever uh, seen. No, it wasn't it was, the greatest was, play ever. In, given was, the circumstances, yes. if he doesn't get to Maybe that ball. Maybe for a first baseman stretch. Yeah. It uh, wasn't just the stretch. He literally laid out and kept That's his great. Foot That's on not the, the greatest play in the history. Maybe given the baseball. circumstance, I believe 
that that was one of the best plays I've ever seen in my life. Now you just went from one of the best. You went from the best ever to one of the best. Well, you talked me off the ledge a little. Thanks. Um, awesome. You know what bothered me too is that in that ninth inning, like they followed the formula that they were going to need to do in order to win that series, which was have your front guys get on base, work pitches, work which counts. is what they did. And then Christian added this point when I brought that up in last the last pod. Well, if those guys are going to get on, then who's going to be the truly most important factor in this series? And that would have been Giancarlo Stanton with those guys on base. Absolutely. We and did just, say that. And how many friggin' at-bats <laughs> is it 0-1, 0-2, dirt? Dirt chain, uh, dirt uh, curveball. You're an idiot if you're a pitcher and you throw him a fastball. Oh, it's any, absolutely in a big spot. You just, you just drop idiot. it. Just drop it in. Just drop it down a, a, a hook. Just drop a hook on him. Well, here's what I was gonna say before we got. We always get sidetracked in the yeah. show. We're gonna try not to do that so yeah, much next season. Uh, we're taking a break this weekend because Chris is going to be away, and there's really no reason to do a show. I mean, I mean, honestly, what are we gonna talk about? Game one of the ALCS. Who cares? Fuck that series. <laughs> But we'll be back the following Sunday to record. We'll be back regularly scheduled Monday releases after that. And the next, we're going to do a season recap episode, and then we're going to do regularly scheduled <laughs> through, uh, I think we'll cover probably four episodes doing this. We did it last year in a different fashion, but we're going to do a keep them, dump them. We're going to have fans on Twitter vote on, um, it's going to be more extensive uh, this season. Last year, I, we only did guys that, had a realistic <coughs> chance of uh, leaving via yeah. free agency or trade. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw everybody into the hat this year, including Aaron Judge. And if I see one fucking vote to dump him, I'm gonna find your IP address and I'm gonna mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob clown shoes right, your ass. And I'm okay? just giving you a heads up that not everyone sees every tweet. So when you establish that, regardless of if it's realistic, you're just gonna throw up the poll. When you throw up the Aaron Judge poll, there are going to be people that comment and say, are you guys fucking kidding me? You think yeah. the Yankees would actually fucking get rid of This is the fucking dumbest Twitter account I've ever seen. And they will get blocked. Good. I don't care. All right, so that'll cover. So that should cover. That should give a basis of what our next four to five episodes should be after this. And yes, you will get a chance to vote on whether Aaron Boone should be the manager in 2019. And it, it can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see it. And honestly, after a few days of sitting down thinking about it, I hope that people vote rationally and say, you know what, this guy deserves another opportunity in 2019. But I'm telling you right now, if he doesn't clean his shit up next year. I'm not going to be happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I gave him this year to learn. I'm not giving him 2019 to learn. I'm not doing and it. And just to clarify one more time, me saying all that about Aaron Boone does not mean I don't think he's the man for the job. <coughs> oh, this cough. Does not does not mean I don't think he's the man for the job. And it doesn't mean that I'm not giving him a pass here for learning on this job and doing a really great job uh, doing it. So, I, I I'm I'm still on board with Aaron Boone, but he's got to show me that he learned. He's got to show me a change, and he can practice it in in the regular season a little more. Because uh, I think he, he got into bad habits as as a manager with with how he managed that. You bullpen. know what's funny to me though, and. He managed a good wild card game. I think we'd all agree on that. You want to nit like I keep saying, you want to nitpick when he took Severino out. Fine. He didn't. He didn't manage a good 
wildcard game he managed a, f- a fucking phenomenal All right, wildcard whatever. game. Whatever, okay. The two the two guys, and we all agree that he managed the first two games of the American League Division Series pretty well, right? Absolutely. I thought so. All right. But think about the two guys that we would say he didn't manage who was on the mound in those two those games when we would say that he Sevy didn't manage Sevy and CC. That's what I'd say. Right? All year mm-hmm. with those two, really. Do you, so is it because he has the most trust in those two guys? Last night, I, normally, yes. And in game three with Sevy, <coughs> yes. Last night, no. I think the analytics got the best of him last night. I agree. I still think what's. I still think though, if it's like Tanaka, Hap, anybody else besides CC, I think he might have. On, there's no way of me knowing this. I think he goes to the pen a little bit faster. Honestly, so when, you I, those, I, when, when you have those weapons at your expense <coughs> like that in a in an elimination game, not right, not, not game one thirty seven. This is it. No, I agree with you. No, I, I, I I'm not saying you aren't. Saying. But to have those weapons and and to stick with a thirty eight year old or how how old CC four thirty eight, come on man you got so many and you options. know what it's one of the greatest bullpens ever and he got through the lineup once and he didn't give up any runs but it wasn't like he was dominant it was a scary first inning all with oh, two yeah. outs I, I thought that was a grand slam so did I and it's like you gotta you gotta see what's in front of you exactly and to get. To get CC through two innings last night, once through the order, and to not give up a run, you have to you have to take that and say, "Wow, great job! I got exactly what I needed. Now it's time to piece together this bullpen, uh, use my best guys to get me through this game, and hopefully my offense can make a make a run at it." And he just didn't do that. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't handle these last two games well at all. He, if, if he wasn't he wasn't, you know, on on the edge there. If yeah. there's one thing I can uh ask of Aaron Boone for two thousand nineteen, it's to trust your eyes more than you trust the numbers and you trust your players sometimes. Yep. I love honestly, I this is one of the things I love the most about him is that he has such faith in his players and it's rewarded him more times than not this season. But Sometimes you just got to say, my guy doesn't have it tonight, and I owe it to this team to just not even – to not give a shit about what his feelings are or my feelings towards him, to go out there and get get him out of this game right now. And to my point – Win a game. And to my point of Boone cost him the game, you just just hit the nail on the head for why I feel that way. He owes it to his team at this point to – if you're going to lose this game, to lose it with your best on the mound, your best option. He owed it to this team. Hey, that's what you guys said was the reason why Severino was uh, the wild card yeah. guy. You don't want to lose with him on the he bench. He owed it to his team to be a better manager. Yeah. And to me, that's why I, for once this whole year, am putting the blame on him. That's I'm not fine. saying that they couldn't have won if other guys stepped up when they should have. I'm just saying that at some point you have to put it solely on the manager, and that's my spot right there, because I feel like he let down this team. If that's how you feel, then that's I guess that's fair. But to me personally, that's not how I feel. Realis- I realistically, if you want to break it down, realistically, of did the Yankees still have a chance despite you know his bad moves in the third inning? Yeah, they did, and they didn't come through. And in that sense, it's on the players. 
But in an elimination game, I just feel like for him to blunder like that, that's it for me. It stops right there. All right, that's fair, and we don't need to beat this one no, anymore. No, no, I'm just saying that that was my reasoning behind it. All right, I, I'm not saying that I I totally disagree with you, but like I said, I I gotta I'm not gonna go out there and just make a statement that he cost his team this game last night. I'm not gonna do it. He contributed to this loss. I'll ask you this question because, and just to get a better sense of what your feelings are. I feel like you're you feel that way because uh because of the score because the Yankees almost came back. What if he left CC in too long, ended up giving up a grand slam in in the 3rd inning and then the game got out of hand and the Yankees ended up scoring 5 runs but they lost 10 to 5. I don't know how it feel. Then do you kind of shift more? I'm I feel be, like because I'm the not... players still had a chance, you're still putting on the players which is absolutely fine too, but I just feel like the score in that sense is swaying you more towards the players than he also didn't allow him to give up four or five runs. Robertson mm. was coming into the game; he was up at that point. One was too many at that point. I, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm saying he wasn't yeah, going to no, allow four or five runs to score there. No, he only allowed three. So <laughs> yeah, but if it, if he gives you up, you can't allow CC. And then you texted give up me. CC's coming back out. Before. Yeah, I'm <laughs> texting five other people. <laughs> you fucking believe this? Well, that's what I didn't like. I I know we want to wrap this up, but I didn't understand. Obviously, you say all this after the fact, but you you can't go lefty to lefty uh, when a lineup is built around a lefty. That lineup was constructed to face a lefty. They had Brock Holt in there for the first time. When Vasquez was playing for the first time. That entire one through nine was built to well, beat Brock lefties. Brock Holt didn't play last night. Um, no, you're... Brock yeah, Holt played did. game three. Oh, uh, no, he three. was the left. You're no, thinking you, of they, CC to Britain. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, but they had, they had those righties in. Yep. I apologize. Um, And then you go to a lefty. You know, you go to a righty there so that maybe they take some yeah. guys out and then you go to the lefty. No, but, I, yeah, that was, I, 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 I actually texted you guys when it happened before Britain gave up the home run. I texted you and I said, I'm sorry, but Britain's – I'm not trying to, like, really get on Boone, but – Britain's not my guy here. Who's the most shaky guy out of the out of those core guys in yeah. the bullpen? It was Britain. Look, at that point in the game, Britain again, now game. now you're down. Now you're down three nothing, right? At that point yeah, in the game, if you're gonna go to your bullpen, you start at the top. Yes. Maybe you don't have to go to Chapman, but you're going you gotta go to Batances there. Absolutely. You go to Batances for two, three innings as, as long as Absolutely. he can give you. You don't go to Zach Britton. Because there. because I, I understand even if those guys give up the runs in the fourth or the fifth, you still have time to come back. But if you put in Batantis and he strikes out the side, boom, he's right Get back your in the dugout. Back. I'm pumped up. Yep. And I'm you know what? How dinners. costly did that home run yeah. turn out to be from, from Zach Britton? Yeah, that extra run. That's, that was the one run they needed. And again, I, at the end of the day, really looking at it, fine. You, you go to Zach Britton, fine. It just wouldn't have been my move. In game 120... Do whatever you want, man. But when you are, when your season is on the line, yep. and you have the weapons. I could see. Look, if this was a game seven, you were depleted. You you didn't know what to do. You had to go Britain because he was the only one that threw less than twenty pitches the day before. Yep. No, that that entire bullpen could. And he went. would become your best option at that point. Yes, he's the yeah, friend. exactly. Jack exactly. Curry, he would become your best option. Was he your best option no. last night? No. Nope. They were all fresh. And Jack Curry said it best before the game. He was on with CMB, and he said. Boone has to manage this game like his life depends on it. 
Like his life depends on it. And he certainly did not do that. He certainly did not. And that's that's the disappointment for me. Alright. <clears throat> so uh Fire Boon. No, no, no. No. Absolutely not. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to hit on before we wrap up the show here. Number one, we did not talk about it with Joe. We did not bring it up in the entire time we've been talking. Uh, Miguel Andujar sat his ass on the bench throughout the entire course of Game 4 last night. Who said night. that he would sit the bench for Game 4? Was that me? Did I say he'd be benched for Game 4? Yeah, well, and you probably played Neil Walker? I, I think they were going to bench I think that was me. Game 3. And I personally didn't mind it because CC's a contact pitcher. Yep, and, and done it in his last what five you, starts. That was his fifth. That was CC's fifth consecutive start where Walker played third base over Andujar. Yeah, so I pitcher. didn't mind it. I know a lot of people were screaming that at the, later in the game you have to pinch hit him. Where where was he getting a pinch yeah. hit at that point? Man. And you know what? The more I thought about it today, the more confident i am that miguel andujar might not be a new york Yankee i was just gonna year. say is that does that seal his fate i i don't know necessarily if it seals his fate but i can promise you this brian cashman's going to be very aggressive in getting manny machado and then you have to trade and, miguel andujar. and at that point it's it's strictly there's no more where's miguel going to play it's it's strictly you're going to turn him into a, a starting pitcher and you know what? If you want to, even despite his defense, his value is through the roof right now. What what young team rebuilding wouldn't love that Miguel Andujar? Honestly, no, he's just gonna, he's going to become a better hitter. He was, of course. I don't even think he was that great of a hitter this year because he needs to learn better plate discipline. And imagine if he ever does. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think his best is look, still in front you're of him. Gonna, you're going to get a valuable piece back if you're going to trade Miguel Andujar. The more I thought about it, the more it made sense. But the first the first step in that is coming to some type of an agreement with Machado. And if that can happen, we're probably not going to see Andujar as a Yankee anymore. Here's another guy that I'm sure the fans are going to vote very negatively on when we do keep him, dump him. Seven. And it's John Carl Stanton. Ooh. Keep him all day, man. Here, what else are you gonna do with him? Here, that's what I said. Look, honestly, here's why I would trade him. Not a, I, I, you know, I've been a fan of Stan, and I think if he's here, if he gets enough chances in the postseason, he will come through for the Yankees. And I think he still had a pretty good first season for them. But here's why I, ha- I would, I would explore trading him. And it's, and I don't even, I'm not even that big of a fan of Bryce Harper. But the Yankees need left-handed power on this team. True. So if you can find somebody to take Stanton and not want you to pay that entire contract, to pay, you know, that, <coughs> trade him somewhere where it would take $17 million a year or $20 million a year of what he's owed. And even if you don't get anything valuable in return to then go and sign Bryce Harper. I think that makes a lot of sense in this in the fact that Harper can st- Harper can play the outfield. He's a better defensive player than John Carlos Stanton. It does, but realistically, it's not no going to happen. Taking. No and, one's taking on John Carlo. And if when it doesn't happen and he's back in pinstripes next year, please change your swing. I it's like I'm watching someone who like has chains wrapped around him or something and like 
I'm just uncomfortable it's watching him at bat. Unorthodox. I, I don't. I've never seen anyone. I, I have no idea like how he, he even thinks in his mind he can reach a pitch on the outside part of the plate. And, and you know what? Another guy. You're not going to dump him, obviously, but there is a look. The biggest weakness of the Yankees over the last couple of years, you know, preventing them from making a strong run or you know winning a pennant last year. Ultimately, is starting pitching. Yeah, I know the offense needs to come through more, but you know, at the end of the day, we need a better pitching staff. And guess what? We thought we had our ace, and I'm not saying that we don't. He's still so young, and he is when he is good, he is a top everyone in the game. But there's a lot of question marks around Luis Severino right now, and especially in the big game. Yeah, he had you know he had a good wild card game, but we needed him the other night at home against a team that he has dominated all year at home, and he was just utterly awful. Here's why I'm not too worried about him. He's only 24 years old. Well, that's why I said he's still young. So I'm not going to sit here and say he's not your ace. I'm not going to be that idiot that I heard all day today. He can very well still be your ace, but when you're a team that. In my opinion, 2019 is it is the first year. This is it now. This is your first year. This is the team next year that is expected, truly expected to go out and dominate and steamroll. This is it. This is the this is the window b- being open next year. Well, the window's been open. Well, been open, it's, but they, just, they, the last two years they let a winning, little bit of not br- for winning they let a little breeze in the last two that's years. what i'm saying now yeah. it's starting no, to open no, yeah. a little no. now it's now it's anymore. getting a little hot in the room and you need to open it for for some more fresh air here and you're gonna go into that first year wet not knowing who's who's your best pitcher well, or they you know, know it's Luis severino i don't know man you know who it is for me masahiro tanaka for simply for the reason that when I need someone who I, I I need to count on in a big spot to save my team, he's my guy. He's my guy. If you can't pitch in the postseason, you are nothing to me. Look, I'm not going to write his postseason career off no, after, no. Three, after three starts. Not. And to be honest with you, every year that he's hit the postseason, he's thrown more innings than he's ever thrown in his life. So this guy has to build up arm strength still. <laughs> Absolutely. He need, and, he, and not for nothing, he needs to learn – how to pitch when he doesn't trust his fastball or when his fastball isn't there. And he, he still hasn't really learned how to do that. With a bullpen like we have, I think the Yankees really start to focus on maybe Seve only going six innings during the regular season more times than not, even if he's dominant. I mean, let's try and preserve as many innings as possible and with him because clearly he faded. It wasn't. It wasn't just being tired. It was mental. It was everything. I don't think he was hurt. I don't know. I don't think he was hurt. I think. I think, some, he, I think he had dead. He might have had a dead arm. I think he tips his pitches, and I think it's a problem. Yeah, I did notice. I was uh, looking well, at where is the pitching coach? But some and and to Rothschild's defense, and I agree, it, he should be held accountable. But sometimes you just don't even know how. I'm telling you right now, the Red Sox know every pitch that he's about to throw. That's great. So if they can see it with their plain with their plain eyes in plain sight, why can't the Yankees pick up on it and on video when they can sit there and watch they it should. for an entire They week? should, but if they if Where's they your did, analytics on that one? If they did, it would have been fixed. 
So. Oh, Larry Rothschild is so old. <laughs> apparently, old? <laughs> apparently, when he's going to throw a fastball, he lifts his heel. They they pick up on a on a on a tick. You know, if you look at his highlights from like when he's really dominant compared to when he started struggling this year, I I don't know if it's just me seeing it, but he he seemed to open up a little too early. Yeah, when he struggles, he opens no, he up does. a little more and he and reveals he, his arm. Yep. Watch how Chris Sale pitches. It's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's so lanky, and he throws it just like Randy Johnson almost, and you don't see his arm. You just right. don't until see it's it in until your it's face. gone. Yeah. Until it's in your face. If you see that arm for as long as pitch, uh, hitters are able to see Severino's arm, you're gonna. it doesn't matter how hard you throw. And to it's that, all about deception. To that point, Chris Sale I was really, just literally about to say this. You're big on a power pitcher in this yeah. day and oh, age, yeah. and, and so am I. That's what makes Chris Sale that much more impressive. He's only throwing, what, 92, 93? Yeah, sometimes he hits up to 95. But, but still, 95 isn't no, it's not. that hard compared to some of these 99, 100 mile per hour pitches. I mean, the way he dots the corners. Yeah, and he's, he's just a, he's a pi- that's what you call a pitcher. Yeah. He that. throws harder than 92. Yeah, 95 I, he, he hits. Which I, I But like more that. consistently like throughout the game, 95. he's 93, 94. Um, he's just a great pitcher. I don't know. Hate his guts. Yeah, I I cannot. But he's a great pitcher. Him, but you want to be cocky and you want to say you're the best team on the planet, then yeah, back it up. You got to win, and that's what he did. I wanted to rub that in his face so, so bad. You, you know, you can't fault him. All right, one last thing. Aaron Judge uh, kind of rubbed some salt on the wounds after Game Two. Uh, a lot of people didn't really care for it, and they blame Aaron Judge for the Yankees losing, saying he woke up a sleeping dog. Get a life. <laughs> Anyone who feels that way, get a life. Um, and then the Red Sox played New York, New York in the clubhouse last night. And you know what? They deserve to. Hate me for saying it? Good for them. They deserve to. Good for them. Uh, that's all I can say. But if you're going to sit here and say that Aaron Judge woke up a sleeping giant, you know what it woke up a sleeping giant? A terrible pitching staff woke up a sleeping giant. Austin, hey, hey, everyone got their wish. Austin Romine played in, played in a playoff game. Except he was he was the uh, opposite end of the battery. Now, what's your guys' process when they lose? Like, do you turn the TV off immediately? Do you sit there? Do you walk away, go in the I, room? I mindlessly... Watch the post game. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch? Did you watch them celebrate? Well, no. it's kind of a weird celebration because they. Had no, not view. not intentionally. I just can't stand TBS. Like they don't just let anything oh, breathe. Terrible. Not that I want. Not that I want the Red Sox celebrating to breathe or anything. But just no, in you're general. absolutely right. They they did not let. There was no dead air. It was constant, just talking. Awful. And talking they were and miserable. They are not even Ron about Darling the game. sucks. And they Angel Hernandez is a bad. fucking disgrace. Normally, on an elimination game when the Yankees lose, I'll turn the TV off right before the last out is made. Like the split second before yeah. the out is made. But last night you couldn't do that. Yeah, like, I know. I was thinking that. I'm like, I'm going to turn it so off I right up, away. Unless I ended up getting stuck away. watching the Red Sox celebrate a little yeah. bit. And then mm-hmm. I watched The Office for about an hour. because I, I watched Blade. It didn't hurt me. <laughs> it didn't hurt me as bad. I last needed night, to just take my mind off it. It didn't hurt me as bad <clears throat> last night as it did last year, obviously. But it got to a point all day before the game, I had this weird feeling. And I was almost like just upset. I couldn't talk. 
And I think deep down I knew they weren't going to win. Um, but then, like, throughout the game, I'm just like, all right, you know, I, I, I grieved. I was like, not that I ever think the Yankees are out of it, but at that point, the way the Red Sox win, I was just okay. And then all of a sudden, the ninth inning comes. And that happens. And I was literally, my wife asked if she should call 911. I was shaking. And I wanted to cry. Not when they lost, when they had the bases loaded and they almost came back. I was just like, yeah, I was kind of feeling filled like with that emotion. Too, just like, oh my God, yeah. can this happen? And then Gary puts that swing on the oh ball. My God. And off the bat, I went, that's a pop up. Like, but it, then I it might get around. And then I'm watching Ben and Tendi. Track yeah. back and I'm going. Like, oh my nonchalantly god! Looking is this like going to go? go over his head? Is this going to go? And I'm freaking out. And I just watch it go into his glove. And at that point, I just kind of knew, and I had to grieve all over. Like again. for nothing, I kind of numbed myself out. So like, yeah. right? That's what I'm saying. I just didn't. I I didn't get as excited as I thought I would have been in the ninth inning. Cause just because like I was, I, I was, was trying to like, I got pretty pumped. Break through the ice of that numbness. You know for, what like, pumped two me up? Hours. You know what pumped me up that inning? Neil Walker getting hit by the pitch and just fucking going nuts into the dugout. You know what? Just I'll I'll say one last thing and I'm done. I'm not even disappointed that they didn't win the World Series this year. I'm just disappointed that I don't get to watch them anymore. Like in that ninth inning, it was it wasn't come on win this game, let's win this series. (laughs) It was win this game so I could watch this team play one more one more time. I love watching this team play. You look, you are in a relationship with a professional sports team and i don't really i've been a giant fan all my life but i never really felt it with them because they only (coughs) they only play once a week and Mm -hmm. i'm not as big of a football fan but being a professional being a fan of a major league baseball team is like being in a long-term committed relationship if you are a true diehard fan of a major league baseball team you give your every ounce of yourself to that team literally from february and hopefully into october so for Eight months, you are completely and totally invested in the, in a, in one ball club, and to see it all be over is like breaking up with. And somebody. I don't watch any other sports. I put so much into. I just can't even fathom being that emotionally attached to any other team. It's not even close for me. Any other sport? No, so. I mean the Giants Super Bowl wins. The two against the Patriots <laughs> were great and everything. And as a singular game, they probably rank up there as my top favorite moments as. A sports fan, but because it's a one, it's like one game, and they were underdogs against these great Patriot teams. Yep. But not, I would give that back to. I would give back this, not the first one because they beat the undefeated Patriot. I would give back the second one to have a game five tomorrow. Absolutely. And I don't even care if the Yankees would win or lose that game tomorrow. Just I would give game. back a just giant one more Super night. Bowl just to have one more night of Yankee baseball. Yeah, it makes That's me sick thinking about it. That's a fucking big statement and i like that chris Thank- always gave me a hard time said i couldn't be a real yankee fan if i was a giant fan too but it's not this it's just not the same thing it's it never has been and it, it never will be and it's even less now that we're doing nyy sports talk like the giants oh the giants <laughs> and eagles tomorrow whoop de doo i would rather be yep. fucking anxiety ridden i wouldn't watch a minute of that day tomorrow for a game five yep. than to be able to oh, watch Giants now. Right. Who cares? I don't care. Yep. Yeah. It's over. It is what it is. We got our hearts broken. Yeah, our um, hearts are broken. But unlike a relationship with a sexual partner, I guess you could say, <laughs> a lover, 
when it's over, they use some ninety nine percent of the time they don't come back. But what's so great about being a fan of a, the Yankees is guess what? They only are going away for a couple months, and they'll be back again, and we can fall in love again, and hopefully not have our hearts broken again in two thousand nineteen. Absolutely. So on that note, I think we're done. Unless you guys got anything you want to add, think about this. This is my last. This is my last point, and maybe I'll go into a little more in the season recap when we can really dive into some things. Um, next year's twenty nineteen. It feels like as as gruesome as some of these years have been, as tough as some of these losses have been, that World Series feels like it was yesterday. And it's been 10 years. Next season will no, be... No, to me, it doesn't feel like 10 years. Well, you're years. older, so... It feels like 10 years. I, I understand, and I, in a sense, agree with you, but my point is, we, in our lifetime... Chris, you realize... I don't mean to cut you off, but do you realize that there's a probably a 95% chance that nobody on the 2009 Yankees are going to be on the 2019 Yankees? Yes. And that's that's pretty to that's crazy. To my point of saying that it's been 10 years, I grew up my my first baseball memory ever is Ken Griffey Jr. crossing home plate in 1995 and the Yankees being eliminated from the ALDS. That's my first memory because I was only seven years old, six years old. And from there, what are my memories? Year after year after year, this team winning a World Series or winning a pennant. And then they go on a hiatus up into 2009 and they win it again. I've never gone this long. I've never gone in my lifetime this long. The fact that the Yankees will only have won one World Series in the last 19 years is mind-blowing to if, me. If they don't win it next year, this will be the first decade that they don't That's win a World Series. That's actually since, false. Since the 80s. Oh, since the 80s, well, yeah. Well, let me uh, well, finish. I was going to say in my lifetime. You said that to me once, and I thought I looked it up, and I thought it was right that it was every decade. I think they but, won in 79 or something. But, yeah. I think they still won a pennant no, in the well, 80s. You know, I, got, I, got, I think that's what it was. They've won a yeah. pennant in every decade. Oh. I got fans fighting in my mentions over how much money the Yankees are going to spend in the offseason. This one guy's like, they won't spend any money on free agents. Well, okay. You be that guy. Yeah, okay. You, if you really, if, honestly, this is the last thing I'm going to say. I, I, end, I wanted to end it on a, on a happy note, but then I had to go and check Twitter before I ended the show. If you really don't think the Yankees are going to do anything to improve this team in the offseason, go be a Met fan. Yep. Just... Take that negativity across town. All right. Um, so, as I said earlier, a uh, little break this weekend, but we will be back the following Sunday. I believe that would be – where are we now? The So, like, uh, October 21st, we'll, we'll be back for a new recording for Monday. So, it will be like a 10-day break for us here. Kind of decompress, review the season a little bit. Yeah. Do our keep them dump them. Um, from the bottom of my heart, and this is not a goodbye. This is a thank you because the season's over, and it feels like the the right thing to do. From the bottom of my heart, if you listen to even a minute of this show, or you're a regular, long time listener, we want to thank you uh, for supporting the show uh, throughout the course of the season. I know sometimes we come on here and we're angry and aggravated, and we yell at you guys, but uh, 
it doesn't mean that we don't appreciate your support and, and listening to the show. So we want to thank you for that. Yes. And uh, we we will take the offseason to not only hope the Yankees rebuild and retool into a championship team, but we are going to take the offseason for ourselves to grow this brand, to grow the NYY Sports Talk brand even bigger and better in 2019. So we want 